It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Bernie Felger, a man of modest means, steps up onto the porch of an elegant house. He finds the size of the porch alone intimidating. Look at the size of this porch. It's, well, it's intimidating. It should have its own address. Okay, now, here's the $64,000 question. Which one of these is the actual front door? Okay, Bernie, old buddy, is it door number one, door number two, door number three, or door number... No, what the heck, I'll just do them all. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's impressive. One of the doors opens, and a stately woman with an educated expression greets him. Yes, may I help you? Actually, I, I'm, I'm here to help you. I don't understand. Are you a salesman? Because we have signs posted. This man is no salesman. No, I'm no salesman, honest. You called for me. This seeming drifter, the supposed stranger on her porch, is in reality a temp. I'm your temp. This is his story. The Temp. A Double M production, starring Michael Wilhelm as the temp, also starring Lorraine Knox as his wife, featuring Larry Bauer, Dennis Nichols, and Lauren Nichols. Today's episode, Love Language. Oh, come in. I must say, you look kind of familiar. You do too. I'm Amy Porridge. I'm Bernie Felger. Bernie. Bernard, oh my goodness. Have we met? We sure have. You gave me a friendship ring when we were in seventh grade. Amy Bolin? That's you? It's me, all right. Wow. I mean, I mean, wow. You have certainly done well for yourself. And you, you look great. Yeah, well, my voice changed. I see that. You used to do all those crazy voices. I, I still do. Really? You, well, of course, I, I do different ones nowadays, you know, since the, uh, the, the change and all. I can't do Mickey Mouse anymore. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, but it sounds more like a neutered munchkin, really, so I, I, I just don't do it. That's probably for the best. Come on, I'll take you up to the office and get you set up. I have never worked out of somebody's house before. It's just a short-term assignment, two, possibly three weeks. It will be general filing and organizing. Well, I can handle that. Peter and I are both writers and editors. We do a lot of researching, which involves mounds of paperwork. This is our office, be it ever so humble. It looks more like a studio than an office. Lots of open space. Carpeted with papers, magazines, and books. That's what you're going to rearrange for us. Oh, okay. Welcome to our chaotic domain. This is Peter, my boorish consort. Who is this rapscallion you've dragged in? He is no such thing. This is Bernie, an intimate acquaintance. Hi. You taunt me with this impish paramour. My courtship with him was but a fleeting childhood ardor. An acquaintance of some years distant, yet his visage manifests an awkward attachment still. He is also our compensated labor. He's the temp? Yep. 
Oh. Hi. He's not very verbose. His lack of loquacity is the reason we parted ways. I see. Well, I have to vamoose. Don't let me impede your excursion. See you later. Kiss, kiss. Back at ya. What was that all about? It's a little game we play. That, that, that's quite a game. He fancies himself to be the master wordsmith of all time, and it is my continual duty to demonstrate to him that he's not. You both must be killer at Scrabble. It can be very intense. We've actually never been able to finish a game. I see. So what about you, Bernie? Tell me about yourself. Not, not much to tell, really. Bernie, it's been over 20 years. You have certainly been doing something with yourself. Well, yeah, but it's just... Are you married? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm married. Yeah, we have a daughter in college. How long have you been married? Uh, 23 years. Oh, what's her name? Penelope. Is she your first wife? The one and only. Wow. Well, that's something you don't see too often. Well, after all this time, we're kind of like welded together. Peter is my third. Yeah, third time's the charm. Well, it's worked out well so far. What's your daughter's name? Menorah. You named your daughter after a candlestick holder. I thought it was a beautiful sounding word, so we used it for her name. Well, latrine is a pretty sounding word, too, but I don't think I would name my daughter that. Well, turns out she is the light of my life, so it fits. <laughs> I forgot how creatively you saw things. I'm glad you didn't lose that quality. Well, you've, you've certainly done well for yourself. This is an immense home. Ah, I've been lucky. Let me show you what I need you to start on. Here, you dry. Okay. So how's your new assignment going? Good. Fine. It's, it's going good fine. So what is it? Where do they have you working this time? <laughs> funny, funny thing about that, um, I'm working for a girl I used to date. You used to date? Relax, we only went steady for three months. You went steady? I got her a ring and everything. Careful there, you dropped a plate. Never mind that. How come I'm just now hearing about this? It was a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. What's her name? Amy Porridge. Amy Porridge? Amy Porridge, that sounds familiar. Her name was Amy Bolin when I knew her. So she's married? Yeah, yeah, I was working for them both, actually. Um, some general cleanup organization, that sort of thing. Are they happily married? Well, it's hard to tell. Do they fight? Well, I'm not sure. You can't tell if they're fighting? Do they use insults or sarcasm? Well, see, that's just it. They use such big words that I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> like what? Well, okay, she called him her consort. Oh, oh, and, and he called me a rapscallion. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> no, not so much. Oh. What kind of work do they do? They're writers and editors. Amy Porridge, of course. I have a couple of her books in my classroom. And you dated this woman? Well, she was only 12. I was in junior high. The real kicker is that they're loaded. What do you mean? You should see their house. Our complete place would fit on their front porch. And they have, they have four front doors. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. So I'm standing in this house, this, this magnificent estate, and she asked me to tell her about myself. I couldn't think of anything. At that moment, my whole life seemed to be so trivial. I, I mean, I dated this girl in high school, and now here she is, and 
Here I am. Your life is not trivial. Menorah and I will attest to that. I, I don't even have a job. Of course you do. You're a freelancer. You could have told her about our family. Well, she did coax that out of me. So that's why you've been so quiet tonight. It just made me think that somewhere down the line I just settled. You have a loving home with me and a daughter who adores you. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't the dream. I mean, you have to understand, honey, every man has his own private dream for his life. And the truth is, very few men actually realize their dream. It's just sobering to realize that I'm not one of those men. What dream? Oh, uh, you wouldn't get it. Try me. Well, I've always wanted to, to get a van and drive around the country solving mysteries. That's your dream? It's a simple thing, <laughs> but it's mine. I see. Well, maybe after you retire, we can buy a van and travel around. Retire from what? You have to have a regular job in order to retire from it. Don't be so censorious of yourself. Watch it, honey. You're starting to sound like them. Peter, where would you like me to file these travel magazines? Start a new file marked uh, published works. You wrote for this magazine? In every issue since 1997. That's impressive. You must travel a lot. I get around. I would probably do more if it wasn't for my bucolic wife. Is she sick? It means she's a country girl. She is averse to traveling outside the realm of her rural hometown. I'm not bucolic. I'm very itinerant. Don't let him mislead you. I'm just always grateful when we get back home. She's abating the issue. That's not true. I'm diffusing your distended attitude. My propensity is explicit to my perception. Then it's your discernment that is erroneous. You esteem your own aptitude far too auspiciously. At least my expertise is not ostentatious and ingenuous. You besmirch my expertise. How can I but disclose what you have already demonstrated? You impudent contender. Primeval flunky. Injudicious. Irrational. Oh, okay, hold it now. Just Why don't you each just grab a dictionary or a thesaurus and pummel each other to death? <laughs> oh, I don't think that would be very... No, it's not what you think. Just go back to your corners and, and take a time out. The man's right. Let us defuse this fracas. Armistice for the moment. Agreed. All right, then. Sorry we drew you into our little skirmish. We forget ourselves around illiterates. That's true, we do. <laughs> illiterates? What were we talking about? Ride our traveling excursions. How about you, Bernie? Do you travel much? Uh, uh a little. What are your favorite destinations? Oh, um, we went to Elkhart once. <laughs> Elkhart. Indiana? Why? <laughs> well, to visit the Hall of Heroes, the world's only superhero museum. Oh, it's really great. They have Adam West's Batman costume from the 60s TV show, and, and Tony Stark's smashed car from the Iron Man movie, and, and Captain America's shield from the movie. And well, they have every toy and trinket that you could think of, and, and a comic book collection that is mind-blowing. I, I could spend a week there. Really? Have you ever been... Outside the U.S.? No, I haven't. Oh, but why not? I heard the food was bad. Not in Thailand. 
Thai cuisine is the best I have tasted. The Tom Yum soup is amazing. Sounds Tom Yummy. It is, and it has many medicinal properties as well. It tastes good and is good. Hey, I've got an idea. Do you and your wife, what's her name? Penelope. Yes, that's right. Do you two have plans Saturday evening? Well, I'm not sure. I, I would need to check with her. She keeps track of everything. Well, why don't you come over here and we'll treat you to an authentic, organic Thai meal? Well, I can ask her, but I can't guarantee that we're free. Well, let me know as soon as you can so I can get our staff working on it. What, what staff? I mean, there's just the three of us here. Oh, this is our studio. We're the only ones allowed in here. I'll have our domestic staff put the supper together. I can ask, but, you know, I can't make any promises. This has been, as you can see, I'm wearing my bow tie. Hey, Penny, you're you're a school teacher and all. Yes. Would you say that I was illiterate? Well, let's see. You can read and write, so I would have to say no. So, so you would consider me literate? I would say, according to the truest definition of the word, and the evidence that you are literally literate. Well, apparently, my boss doesn't think so. They said you were illiterate? In an indirect way. How indirect? Well, well, Peter, he said that they shouldn't behave the way that they do in front of illiterates. That's a rather generalized statement. Well, he said it in front of me, and I was the only other person in the room. Did his wife stand up for you? No, she agreed with him. Ouch. So not only is she richer than me, she's smarter than me, too. But she's not necessarily smarter, but probably just well-versed in her chosen field of interest. You could probably outshine them both if you got them on the subjects of comic books, or science fiction, and vintage cartoons. Yeah, maybe. Those seem like pretty trivial topics, though. To them, maybe. But to me, that's what makes you special. Well, I guess they don't know me the way you do. Give me five minutes and I could tell her about you. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that. Um, you just might get the chance. Oh? Yeah. Um, she's invited us to dinner at their house Saturday evening for a genuine Thai dinner served by their household staff. Really? Yeah, I, I told her we, I'd have to ask you and that we probably had something else planned, and we do, don't we? No, we don't. I was afraid you were going to say that. I would love a chance to meet this woman and show her just what she lost when she let you get away. I was afraid you were going to say that, too. <laughs> How many times do I have to say it? I am so sorry, honey. Honestly, you've got to believe me. I would never do anything that would endanger your job. You know that. Please say something. Judging from the look on your face, it's probably best you don't. You know, Amy is as much at fault as I am. Yes, she's your boss and all, but she and her husband, they're a piece of work. Now, you have to admit that. They seemed nice enough when we got there, but they just had this way about them. Bernie, wait up! I'm sorry, honey. Where are you? Over here, honey. This whole thing is the porch? Yeah. It looks like a parking garage for rocking chairs. Yeah, I'm saying. There must be over a hundred porch lights in this place. That's for sure. 
Oh, that's a pretty chandelier. Yeah! That's, uh, that's the bug zapper. Mm. Now, normally I go to door number three, but tonight I get to go to door number two. Are you sure you're ready for this? Well, yeah, we're here. It's too late now. How'd you do? You must be the Felgers. Yes, we are. And, uh, and you are? I am Jiggers, sir. That's your real name? That's my given name, sir. Who gave you a name like that? Bernie! My father, sir. Please come in. The Fergus have arrived, ma'am. Thank you, Jiggers. Very good, ma'am. I'll go check on the dinner. Excellent. You must be the girl who stole him away from me. Actually, I think she dumped me. Hi, I'm Penelope. I'm Amy. This is my husband, Peter. How do you do? Hi. Uh, can I fix you something to drink? Uh, wine, liqueur? I even have some beer, if you like. Water would be fine. I have sparkling mineral water. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, me too. All right, coming up. Here we are, to old acquaintances and new friends. Here, here. Cheers. Yeah. This is an amazing house. Isn't it, though? I don't like to brag, but... Oh, don't let her fool you. She is the personification of embellishment. Now, sweetheart, we agreed these are common readers. We need to communicate plainly. Plainly? It's a little game we play. I heard about it. The supper is served in the dining room. Very good, Jiggers. Come along, bring your drinks. She was condescending. You have to admit that. But I bit my tongue. I gave her the benefit of the doubt. Now you have to admit that too. Oh. Well, dinner went fine. Here we are now. This is your dining room? Look at that table, will you? That's enormous. Jiggers, would you show Mrs. Felger to her seat? Yes, ma'am. This way, please. Bernie, you sit over there. Well, that's clear across the table from Penny. At a proper dinner party, the husband is to sit across from his wife. Well, that must be a quarter of a mile across. <laughs> well, not quite that far. Here, honey, may I escort you to your chair? Thanks, Peter. You're such a gentleman. Yes, my dear. Kiss, kiss. Back at you. Now you go to your seat. Isn't this cozy? That's uh, not the word I'd use. What did you say, Bernie? Uh, I said yes, it is. What do you think about this, sweetie? Cozy. What? You're going to have to talk louder. I said yes. Uh, very cozy. We had it custom made. From who? Paul Bunyan? <laughs> oh, Jiggers. Yes? We are ready for the appetizer. Very good. Bernie here tells us you are a school teacher. Yes, I am. Uh, I teach fifth and sixth graders. We even have several of your books in our classroom, Amy. Imagine that. I've received two Peabody Awards for my writing, but my greatest reward is seeing that my books are read to the hordes of little minds. No, the children read them all by themselves. It's not as if they're very difficult to read. 
Who could that be? What? Excuse me a moment. What do you want? Hi, honey, it's me. I know. <laughs> I read your name. Put me on speakerphone. I'll call the other two and we can we can talk this way. It'll be easier on our throats. <laughs> yes? Hello? Um, hi, it's me, gang. Um, put me on your speakerphones and I'll link us up on a group call. There, how's that? Perfect. Yeah, this is better. Very clever. Thank you. This... Centerpiece is unusual. It is. It's my own design. I've never seen a centerpiece made out of a full-grown tree before. It's a bitterberry. A prunus virginiana. Yes, honey. In the late spring, it's filled with white blossoms. You mean it's still alive? Yes. It grows through the table and into the ground under the house. Wow. The blossom petals and the leaves must fall into your food, don't they? <laughs> It gives your salad quite a kick. <laughs> but I must admit, having them floating atop your soup is very artistically pleasing. It brings symmetry to your meal. I suppose. It does make it hard to see the person across from you. But it also eliminates the problem of misinterpreting the expression on each other's faces, yes? Soup's on! Thank you, Jiggers. This is traditional Tom Yum soup with a mix of shrimp, lemongrass, lime, and coconut milk. Oh, my. It looks kind of leafy. Are you sure your tree isn't shedding? Go ahead, try it. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's different. Interesting. You see, Peter, Thai food can win over the most primitive of palates. It was a good meal, I, I have to admit. Noisy, but good. I think I could get used to Thai food. It, it would take a while. Did you like it? Uh, right, you're not talking. If I could undo anything, it would have been the after-dinner chat in the parlor. We should have just eaten and run. The upkeep with a place this size must be staggering. We have a full staff on the premises. They do most everything. That must cost a pretty penny. I've got it covered. You must be a very successful writer. Oh, well, I am successful, but not that successful. I have my second husband to thank for my fortune. Divorce settlement? No. Jerry was killed. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Ask her how he died. Well, that, that's okay. We don't need to pry. Oh, it's okay. She loves to tell the story. Go ahead. How did he... Pirates. Pirates? Pirates. It's a long story. You don't have to talk about no, it. No, it's okay. We'd been married several years, and I could tell he was getting restless. Well, he gets this notice from an attorney's office that a distant relative had died, and he had inherited a castle down in Florida. I didn't know they had castles in Florida. So, he flew down to sign the papers and to see the place. Turns out it was all in ruins, but there were rumors of a hidden treasure. Treasure? Treasure. That did it. He came alive for the first time in a long time. I hadn't seen him this excited in years. He kept talking about his legacy and how he had always dreamed of this kind of adventure. So he stayed down there to try and find it. 
Well, from the look of this place, I assume he found it. Yes, he did. At a boy, Jerry. Arr. What now? Sorry. Unfortunately, <laughs> the pirates who had hidden it had also booby-trapped it. And Jerry was killed. Oh, no. No, it's all right. He died doing what he dreamed of. I'm happy for him. I understand that a man's dream is very important to him. It's all part of fulfilling his métier. His hubris, you mean. I think you meant to say bravura. Excuse me? The word hubris implies excessive arrogance, where in fact bravura is a better word. Oh, do enlighten me. Well, each man is driven to display his own uniqueness in a grand display, giving significance and meaning to his life. That's bravura. See, I teach English. I must have hit a nerve because the moment I said that, she jumped to her feet and told you that you had done enough and you needn't come back to work and then proceeded to shove us out the door. I had no idea that would get such a hostile reaction. You gotta believe me. I am so sorry. I'm sorry, honey. Did you say something? What? Yes, I've been pleading my case to you about tonight. I, I guess I wasn't paying attention. You weren't paying... I was thinking about what happened. I was explaining what happened. I, I think I figured it out. Really? It's the boobala effect. <laughs> the boobala effect? Remember on the Adams Family, whenever Morticia would call Gomez boobala, he would get wild and crazy. And frisky. Exactly. Those big words were their way of flirting. When you corrected her, you inadvertently stepped into their tete-a-tete. I didn't mean to. Well, you embarrassed her in front of her husband, and she had to save face somehow, so she threw us out. Sorry I cost you your job. Yeah, it was only a short-term assignment anyway. Freddie will get me a longer one next time. You can count on that. But you know... What? I felt a lot better after I heard how she got her wealth. I mean, I realized that she wasn't any better than me, just luckier. Luckier? She lost her husband for crying out loud. Yeah, well, that part wasn't good, obviously. And after hearing his tragic story, I think I need to rethink my dream. You mean traveling and solving mysteries? Yeah. We may not need to eliminate it altogether. Maybe just adjust it so it's less dangerous. We, the fact is, we're not going to save up much money for traveling with me working as a temp. Even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love <laughs> with you, honey. Yes, yes, I know. Thank you, Ann Murray. Actually, thank Kenny Loggins. He wrote it. Nuh-uh. Hey, I know things. I'm not just some ignorant bourgeois peasant. I am a highly proficient schoolteacher. You know... With your amassed knowledge and my creative approach, we would make a great team. No mystery too baffling for the teacher and the temp. The language of love can be very academic at times. A word here, a phrase there, can build excitement in the most well-cultured heart. This romantic repartee is not unique to the halls of academia, however. This universal trope subjects everyone to its intoxicating effects, from the most judicious scholar to the most unpretentious temp. The Temp was written by Michael Wilhelm, engineered and produced by Scott Kump, 
In the cast, you heard Michael Wilhelm as Bernie, Lorraine Knox as Penelope, Dennis Nichols as Peter, Lauren Nichols as Amy, Larry Bauer as the narrator and the butler. Live sound effects performed by Ethan Plum, Callie Swanigan, and Josette Wilhelm. Original music by Scott Kump. This has been a Double M production in affiliation with All for One Productions in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Temp was recorded before a live audience. Hello, this is Michael Wilhelm, stepping out from behind a curtain, not to take a bow, but to ask a favor. If you enjoyed this episode of The Temp as much as we enjoyed performing it, would you do us a great favor and rate our show on whatever platform you happen to be listening to it on? Your rating will actually help us to move up the rankings of that particular platform, making us more visible to people who haven't discovered us yet. And that would be a great help in getting the word out. Also, if you really want to do us a big favor, could you write a little review of what you thought? This might also help people encourage them to check us out, listen to the program, and have the fun that you've just discovered. Anyway, whatever effort that you do to promote the temp, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Chauncey Haworth, Mark Slade, and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you... Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.